Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our guest for this episode is Anthony Hansen with the University of Minnesota. He's an extension educator in integrated pest management for field crops. Well, Anthony, we're going to be talking about some of the research that uh, you've been doing that is connected to the Minnesota corn growers. So what's a good starting point as far as this, this work that you've been doing? Yeah, so what we do for pest management a lot of times is just statewide surveys. And this is what the Minnesota Corn Growers has helped fund here uh, for some of this work that we do, looking at either diseases or insects that are out there in our cornfields across the state. So uh, in this case, we're looking at some uh, diseases like tar spot, but then also especially European corn borer. This is an old pest that we've dealt with that uh, used to be a major issue in the state in the 90s. But once we had BT traits come in, it really wasn't an issue as much anymore. Populations crashed. It's pretty well controlled, but we're keeping an eye out for it because it could have a resurgence. So we have these statewide surveys where we're looking across the state trying to see where we have fields that may have um, problem areas where they might be popping up again. But then also just keep an eye out for any other insects that might be coming up in the meantime, whether we're looking at invasive species or other issues coming up for growers. So European corn borer, you said, are you concerned about a resurgence because there are indications or some signs that resistance is developing? So far in the state, we haven't found resistance, but it has been documented in Canada at least. Um, but in the U.S., we really haven't seen that yet, but there's definitely potential for it. Uh, with high numbers of BT acres, it's a high selection pressure. It is likely that resistance can show up. It's just a question of when at this point. So that's why we're being proactive with these surveys and seeing that uh, you know we can take a look at what's happening with these fields. And if we actually do have to sound the alarm, say, hey, keep an eye out here, maybe resistance. But then also just the pockets where you know you still get some populations to pop up and growers may have to do some other management tactics even without resistance being an issue. Speaking of management tactics, you mentioned corn tar spot is another one and that's new. Are we able to wrap our arms around managing that at all yet? Yeah, so that's a work in progress definitely. Uh, University and researchers are looking at that and seeing what works best for either fungicide options or other control tactics there. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of folks spring this last fall uh, in, later in the fall there where it was an issue where we thought, you know, maybe they're not spraying at the best time, but we really don't have good timings down yet. So it's a case where you, know, you may be trying to protect your crop, but you may be burning money in the process too. So it's one where we're trying to get those recommendations out there and developed. Um, but in the meantime, we have the, the other tactics we use is take a look at the crop susceptibility. And we don't have resistant corn yet but there are some varieties that are what we call super susceptible. So if you can stray away from those ones and go more towards ones that have maybe a slight resistance or just at least not as heavy of a yield loss, those are the ones we want to stick with for now. But that'll change in the future. Hopefully we have uh, some you know, varieties that come out with all the breeding efforts going on to have a little resistance out there. You haven't mentioned corn rootworm yet, but I'm sure that's always on the radar. Yeah, that's one where uh, we'll always be talking about corn rootworm, and we're trying to make uh, space for all of our other pests out there too because there are multiple corn pests out there. Uh, but yes, corn rootworm, it continues to be an issue. The main thing with that one is if someone can avoid continuous corn, that is the best solution there. Your BT traits, you can't manage your way out of corn rootworm just with those alone. 
Uh, some folks, it's challenging. They have, say, an ethanol contract, or like in my case, uh, we also raise cattle, and we know that you need corn acres sometimes, and you can't get out of continuous corn sometimes. So that's something where we have the recommendations, but we recognize, you know, sometimes not every option is the best for each individual farmer there. So we have that network of control tactics that we have there trying to tailor these recommendations for specific farmers there. We have a lot of information on display here at the Ag Expo. What's another pest that we haven't talked about yet that you've been visiting with attendees about? Well, this is over on the soybean side of things a little bit more, but um, soybean gall midge is one of our newer pests in the state. Uh, that's a concern, again, a new insect of science, so we're definitely having research going on trying to figure out what the best tactics are for that one. But that's the one I watch a bit more in western Minnesota especially. Um, but there is also a soybean leaf miner out there, another new insect, and it's really either new insects, sometimes they're native to the U.S., they just switch over different crops, or invasive ones that we're keeping an eye on because you never know when we'll have a new one come in. And like soybean aphid, it can upend the whole crop system too for our management tactics. So we're always keeping an eye out for new ones out there. We're visiting today on behalf of the Minnesota corn growers. How important is that relationship with the association and extension? Yeah, so uh, Minnesota corn growers do help fund a lot of our research for these surveys. And it's really the network of all of the corn grower associations, or all of the grower associations, whether it's Minnesota corn growers, soybean growers, wheat growers, they all contribute to uh, efforts with Extension and uh, University of Minnesota Research to help us out here and uh, get information back to farmers really is what we're trying to do with Extension. It's not something where it's just the uh, research but also just what do we see out there in the fields and we want to get that information right to farmers again so they can actually use that information and use those recommendations we're giving with the uh, updates on pests as well. We're talking about controlling these pests in Something that we haven't really mixed into the conversation yet that you can't control is the weather. That's always a big factor, isn't it? Whether we're talking about diseases or pests that move in or maybe aren't as significant based on the conditions. Yeah, uh, that's actually a really interesting area. So I'm an entomologist that study insects, and I actually work a bit in insect forecasting with the weather. Uh, so we have a winter like this where we have a lot of snow cover. A lot of our insects are down at the soil level. They're pretty well insulated, so even if you have a negative 20-degree day, that's not going to do too much. So this winter um, may not be helping us too much for some of the insect pressure coming up. But other years, if we had, say, negative 30 degrees and you have very little snow cover, you, know, you might see a bit more help from the weather there too. So sometimes the weather helps us. Other years, like our droughts, um, sometimes we get a combination of insect feeding and drought pressure that really stresses out our corn there. Always fascinating. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd like to highlight? So one of the sources of information that we have is the Minnesota Crop News blog. This is just an email list that folks can sign up to, and this is where we give a lot of our information during the growing season, saying that, hey, we're seeing this pest showing up, here are recommendations, and it's more timely updates. Uh, folks can go to the Minnesota Extension website, too, to get more uh, just overall information. But I would say Minnesota Crop News, if you really want uh, timely updates on what's going on for pests or other agronomic issues, that's where we're spending a lot of our time uh, giving recommendations to growers there. Thanks so much for your time. Yep. Thank you. To learn more about programs and projects supported by Minnesota Corn, visit mncorn.org.